Hello and welcome to Healing from Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, author of The Living Spirit, Answers for Healing and Infinite Love, which shares stories of spiritual awakenings, spiritual communication, healing energies, miracles, and a clear view to using intuition to understand your spiritual and energetic life force. Today I welcome Feroz Dada, author of Children of the Revolution, who shares the long and violent struggle for freedom, heroism, and hope by the people of Burma. It is often in viewing or experiencing the challenges of the world that we unravel the layers of our true being and become what we have always been, free. Hello, Feroz, and thank you for joining us today on Healing from Within. It's a pleasure to be on your show, Cheryl. Thank, thank you. you. As listeners of Healing from Within are well aware, my guests and I share our intimate experiences and insights into the dual nature of life as spiritual beings having a physical life and learning to use the universal laws of energy to provide for personal growth and collective growth and development, ultimately bringing about greater love, compassion, and a clearer view of the human condition. Feroz, I always love to ask my guests to think back to their childhood and remember a person, place, or event that may have shown them or others what path in life they might travel and what passions, values, or lifestyle they might embrace as adults. And I've read the book, so I already know a little bit of your beginning life. But tell us something. Cheryl, I am going to buck your trend, as it were, and, 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 and talk about a moment in time much later on in my life. Okay. Which I would say it was the beginning of my next life in this life, and that is my journey to Burma and my arrival at this amazing monastery. That was the beginning of my life, if you like, of the second life. So I would say that was a, probably a spiritual awakening, or as you say, new life. Yes. Yes. Uh, I know. I say that, yeah. Mine started about 20 years ago. And before <laughs> before that, I was very much living in the physical world and following the patterns and beliefs of my parents yes. and teachers and earlier training. But something in my heart just didn't feel right. There was something else to know, to be part of, to do, to remember, perhaps. Yes. And and that, is, if we're fortunate, that happens to us. Yes. It was like opening a door in your mind and walking through it. Yes. Into a completely new life. And that was the beginning, if you like, of this particular uh, journey or adventure. Excellent. Me. Beautifully said. Yeah. So please tell us, what led you to write this book and donate all proceeds to the monastery school and orphanage at Enle Fayatong? I don't know if I'm pronouncing yes, you, it. You're doing quite well. You're okay. doing really well. The, the uh, idea but, for the book started, I know, it, I think it started when you went with your wife, Mumu, to Burma. So tell us something about yes. that. Yes. So the journey really begins when 
the family went on a holiday to Burma and to a place called Inle Lake. Inle Lake is a very beautiful lake which lies in Shan State. Uh, it's 30 uh, miles long and surrounded by beautiful mountains. We were traveling on a canoe to a part of the lake which is at that time certainly not open to tourists and visitors. And on a very beautiful uh, summer's day, there was a thunderstorm, lightning, and the boat was beginning to sink. So I asked the boatman, please, let's go and take shelter ashore. And so he took the boat on shore, and as it is normal in, in Burma, there's a monastery around the corner, and so we went for refuge to this monastery, and as I walked in, I saw this monk standing there, and I realized that I was looking at something quite remarkable, somebody oh. who was quite remarkable. What was his name? We call him, uh, we call him Ponji. Ponji means monk. Oh, okay. Um, and his actual name is Utawana in Burmese, but everybody calls him Ponji. Now, I know he had a very hard childhood himself, um, yes. and I, I believe he was accepted into the monastery at Lin Lam to further his own education. Yes. So tell us a yes. bit about him. I know you felt his energy and presence, yes. because I'm an energy healer, and yes. <laughs> I am so, at times, overwhelmed by the beauty of certain people and their experiences mm -hmm. and their sharing, their their ability yes. to give love mm. so freely. So I understand what you felt. Mm. So, But for so our listeners, the, explain it. Yeah. Mm, indeed. So as I, as he was talking to my wife, Mumu, who is Burmese, so they were talking in Burmese, I had the opportunity to observe him. And as I looked, I did feel that energy. I then, having listened to him, he said, look, we are looking after... 300 orphaned, abandoned children at this monastery. And effectively, there are three monks who look after 300 children. And then I began to realize that I was in the presence of somebody truly remarkable because afterwards, as the rain stopped, he showed us around the monastery. And what was remarkable is the children were all happy, uh, you know, clean, well-dressed, um, and and uh, and in great uh, great spirits, if if that's the right word, and that yes. left an incredible mark on me. Yeah. All right. To, so yeah, now, to see that to see to see that uh, to see that in such poverty, such happiness should also exist side by side. That's true. Now we see children. Mm -hmm in many places that have so much and yet they are not as full of spirit and love and gratitude. Yeah. That's the word I would probably mm, yes. think yes. that these children had because they had all suffered greatly. And uh, yeah. they, yeah, so let's go on to the Dalai Lama has given the foreword to your book, Children of the Revolution. 
Tell us something yes. of his interest in the Burmese children. And I know that the, the name of the country is now Myanmar. It's no longer yeah. Myanmar. Burmese. Yeah. How do we say that? Myanmar. Myanmar. But I, I, I kind of always think of Burma as Burma. I guess I, yeah, so it's, do I. it's hard and, to give and, up something that you've known a whole lifetime for yes, a name change. Yes, but that's that, okay. We could call it either or. I would imagine. I think you can. Indeed, you can. Uh, but if I fast-tracked to to His Holiness the Dalai Lama, I'd miss the crux of the story. So if you don't mind, I'll continue okay. and join, join at that point. But what happened at that point is that we realized that we could do something for these children. And so uh, after we left, we revisited the computers and solar panels and we smuggled them through customs and then started teaching these children computers, mm. which is quite remarkable given that they never seen a computer before. And whilst we were at the monastery in subsequent visits, I looked at the monk and looked at the children and said, we must ask for some help, you know. His Holiness the Dalai Lama may be able to help us. And uh, so I wrote to him, and I sent him a copy of the manuscript of the earlier version of this book. And to my great surprise, he wrote back and said, you know, I, I, I'm very much impressed by what you're doing and what the monk is doing, and I wish you um, every success, and I pray for, for, for what you're doing for the children. Um, so that's really how His Holiness uh, began to support the project. Well, that says something for you also, mm -hmm. <laughs> that, you <re> that you reached out. You see, many people are afraid to do that, to take a mm. step like that. But, but there's nothing we can't do if we do it in the name of love and compassion and goodness and for the right reasons. We will, mm. we will have the help we need. And uh, I, I know you did much more for the school than just bring them computers. So tell us about yes. the water system that you set up to help them uh, be self-sustaining and to yes. make money. <laughs> yes, Cheryl. I mean, I think that uh, when we use um, uh, I would say worldly skills for a good cause, I think that's really satisfying. All my life I'd run an accounting practice and been advising clients and businesses and here was my opportunity to do something for these children. I remember one day we were sitting in the monastery and the monk said to me, he said, Feroz, you know, you, I've been teaching you Buddhism, I've been teaching you meditation. Tell me how I can do something to make this monastery self-sustaining. By that time, of course, there were 600 kids. And I said, okay, you've, you've thrown me a challenge. Let me think about it. So I went around the monastery land looking for ideas, and we came up uh, with a list of things, but I knew that we'd got a winner when I saw this stream of water coming down the mountain, and I really went running back to the monk and said, we've got it. Let's purify this water. That'll be good for the children to drink, and we can sell the excess water as mineral spring water. 
And so, and so the idea, which looked impossible because at that point there was no electricity, and to get all the equipment from Yangon, which is you know several hundred miles away, through to the lake, heavy machinery. But you know the universe conspires, and the children's need was calling out. And actually, within 18 months, this factory was up and running, producing. Amazing mineral water for that's, children to drink, yeah. and and to sell and make money for the monastery. That's amazing, and the universe also inspires, <laughs> right? Inspi- <laughs> inspires us with the ideas and the way, perhaps, to go forward. It I, just comes in yeah. sometimes in a flash. So that, but you have to be paying attention for that. Now, you give a moving account of a monk's work and your own efforts to support a school and care center for destitute Burmese children. Tell us about the plight of these children and the country and what's really going on, what has gone on there in the mm-hmm. past, the war, uh, the separation, yes. uh, the mm-hmm. reason they don't have in a beautiful place uh, funds. What what really is going yeah. on there? So as uh, as... Most people may be aware that uh, Burma had been cut off from the outside world for almost 50 years and really began to reopen its uh, tourist trade and, and visitors some 10, 12 years ago only. Before that time, the army was really fighting insurgencies within the countries. Burma has something like 35 minorities who had been persecuted, and we know about the most current situation with the Rohingyas uh, in uh, in the Bay of Bengal, the Muslim refugees. But this is not anything new. The military has been persecuting these minorities, in particular the ones we are supporting at Payata Monastery. Although they are Buddhists, they were also being persecuted and they are freedom fighters, and the children are really the product of of parents who have died in these wars, really. Yeah. All so, right. So there's where we are today. Yeah. There's war. There's separation. Yeah. There's the government. There's corruption, yeah. and there's violence, mm-hmm. and the common people are always the victims of this type of behavior. And it's not just in Burma, it's all over the world. This is playing out in the Middle East, especially Syria, who has had a five-year civil war, and it's religions, and it's it's people separating Mm -hmm. themselves when all they really need to begin to do is see themselves as one humanity for one purpose, to come together, unify, and make decent lives for themselves and the others. So uh, we're watching this in Venezuela. We're watching this in South and Central America right now. It's all over the world where democracy and education have been slow to replace or work alongside of tribal and uninformed leaders. So then progress and improved conditions are not possible, but they will and must be possible. That's what your book is about. For me, that's what this story is about, the hope of doing this in many places. 
I, yeah. I hope it inspires people to help each other. I mean, I am actually not a Buddhist. I'm a spiritual man. I was born a Muslim, and uh, and I'm help, I mean, trying to help a Buddhist monastery. I hope people will look at that as a model to follow. That you know, children are children, people are people. Right. Human beings are human beings. They're not dependent upon religion. Right. And I think we make that mistake time and time again. They're good people in every religion and they're bad people in every religion. Absolutely. Uh, and my next question to you, uh, this yes. book is also the challenge of you as a Muslim absorbing Buddhist philosophy and building a bridge of peace which offers a transformative view about how to live a meaningful life that will bring education and hope to these children and to other people who will read the book. But, but you know, the Buddhist philosophy, I, I'm very much in alignment with all the Eastern mm. ways. I'm a Reiki master teacher, right? <laughs> I grew up in New yeah. York, in Brooklyn. I, mm. I was born into a Jewish family. And yeah. uh, religion were just rules to me, but within my own heart I felt a personal connection to spirit and mm. uh, I meditate mm. and I receive information to help people and it's accurate mm. information so the universe we're part of that and it's part of us and that is the truth of all religions seeking this connection to spirit or evolution or creation or God or the divine source whatever we call it so that wasn't a problem for you right? No, actually, the the real discovery was not the discovery of of Buddhism, but the discovery of of spirituality. Yes. Because although my my early training in in spirituality was to do with Sufism, and that is an Islamic uh, background, but it's 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 primarily Sufi meditation, and then when I and when I met the monk and spent time at the monastery, I learned the Buddhist meditation, which is Vipassana. Uh, and I then realized, of course, that both these paths, both these rivers were leading to the same ocean. And that once you, once you leave behind religion and you walk the spiritual path, all the roads are the same. It's exactly the same. It is about seeking inside of yourself rather than looking outside, looking for ritual, looking for ceremonies. You simply are looking inside yourself. Whether you're from a Buddhist background, whether you're from a Muslim background or Christian background or Jewish background. Absolutely. I think spirituality is, is so far away from religion, yet it is exactly the same. Yes, it is finding within yourself that personal connection to spirit that yes. people try to find in the stories, in the books, in the rules, yes. in the practices. But you have a quote from Buddha, which is very lovely. It's very simple, mm -hmm. and it's very true. And it says, mm -hmm. peace comes from within. Do not seek it without. And you also wrote, you wrote this, you discover that both the freedom fighter and the Buddhist monk that you meet uh, on your journey to help the children 
are in different ways forces of nature or men of action. And while you learn about their lives, you also find the human goodness that shines in the darkness of war. And you witness the path of Dharma in the world. You cannot fail to be encouraged by Panji's example to go beyond one's imagination because there is no limit. I found that very, very lovely. And, and not only not only did I write that, but I actually learned from that, and that was the inspiration behind the water factory. Because when the idea came up, everybody that was around said, you're foolish. It cannot be done. It simply cannot be done. I looked at the monk, he looked at me, and that's when he said to me, look even beyond your imagination. Everything is possible. And that was the way, That was that, those are the words that inspired me to actually believe that I could, or we could, set up this water factory. Well, ever since... So those words... Yeah, ever hmm. since I've been a little girl, <laughs> whenever anyone said to me that it couldn't be done, I just jumped a little higher, ran a little faster, and worked a little harder. And I agree with you. There is nothing. We have infinite potential when we connect yes. to spirit and to uh, the love within ourselves. So, okay. Furrows, tell us about yes. Mumu, your Burmese wife, and how yes. she has yes. influenced your views and desire uh, to participate okay. fully in helping the people. But more than that, you've been with her a very long time. You're from two <laughs> different cultures. Where did you yes. grow up? Well, I mean, we actually, I mean, I grew up in Pakistan until I was 19. I came to London. And uh, and she was born in Burma, but lived in Pakistan because not at the same time, or we didn't meet there anyway, uh, because her father was in the Burmese embassy. And then we met, uh, we met in London by chance, by complete, you know, complete coincidence as she was traveling through. And her family so, has really helped you a great deal to find this new reality and purpose in life. So you see, every person in our life, nothing is random. You were supposed to no. meet her. You were supposed to go to Burma. You were supposed to meet uh, Panji. Uh, Panji. Yeah. And, and uh, yeah. there, there is purpose to everything. Now, you wrote something else that I like very much. You wrote, I thought I had achieved much, but I was wrong. The whole process of realizing what was missing and then inadvertently discovering how to live a truly meaningful life was in itself a remarkable spiritual journey. It might never have happened had I not fallen in love with a woman from Burma and if she had not introduced me to a tribal warrior and if he had not taken me to a remote <laughs> monastery and if I had not met a remarkable <laughs> monk. You see, and, and the faces of the children. If he had not shown me the faces of hundreds of children, many of them orphans. So you entered a world that was not your own, but you made it your own. And you made it better for making it your but actually, own. Actually, when I, when, I when I look back, I know that there was a time when I felt I, I was fantastic. But I know for sure now that there's only part of a plan really 
And um, I played my part in the plan, but there's so many things happening around me. Because now we've ended up with not just a water factory, we started a nursing school, we have a teacher's training center, we have a sewing school. Um, so, you know, new new uh, hygiene facilities, new schoolhouse, amazing things have happened. And I know that it wasn't just me. Of course, so uh, no, people. so many. Yeah, yeah. So what would you yeah. like readers to take away with them after reading Children of the Revolution? Yeah. Well, I would say please buy the book. It's from, uh, it can be purchased through the Inlay Trust, which is www.inlaytrust.org.uk, uh, and it's available for Amazon and other places. I think the main thing to take away from uh, from the book or from the story is this. I think that we neglect our spiritual path, we neglect our spiritual life. We are too preoccupied in pursuing the everyday uh, routine, everyday um, life but, of making money. And, yes, and, materialism. And, and, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that doesn't mean you you don't. We live in a material world, and we must live in it. Yes. And must enjoy it and be fulfilled from it. But equally, if you can discover and follow the spiritual path, I think we will gain from it. It complements. It's not mutually exclusive, and it will enrich people's life beyond what they can even imagine. I, I because, agree with you, and I took this to read. Also, mm-hmm. Buddhism, well, whatever we're talking about, spiritualism, and, and yeah. has held a remarkable place in Burma and many places in the world. And, and mm-hmm. to conquer the problems of the outer world as we seek peace within and our divine love of life and the eternal nature of spirit. There's the message. Wherever yeah. these things are happening, we must return to who we are and remember who we are, and ask for help from above and from people we work with here, in our families, in our work, and we must come together. This is a beautiful place. Sometimes I just drive by the water or the forests or uh, see children, and I feel my heart just fill with so much happiness for the beauty I see. But very often people are too busy and they forget yeah. to see this. And that's what your book is helping people to open up to, to open their hearts and their minds to the possibilities. So I want to thank you for Rose Dada, author of Children of the Revolution, for sharing your amazing journey of inspiration and for living with authenticity and purpose, and for also sharing the story of all who are connected with the monastery in Burma and continue to support orphan children in a land with much beauty and culture, but still with a history of much unrest, war, poverty, and corruption. Many try to bridge the divide between the past and future and help the country to evolve into a democratic way of life. To read more about this topic and to purchase the book, as you said before, go to inlettrust.org. Dot uk 
In summarizing today's episode of Healing from Within, Burroughs shows us how, over time and circumstances, one may open their heart to the greatest challenges of life, overcome the physical or ego-based reality, and once again remember that healing and living with purpose is within each person's reach. We must allow ourselves to move past self-absorption and to care for others and the world of nature and people with a passion that opens the heart to really knowing that a life well lived is about cooperation, community, family, friends, and sharing all that you have, mind, body, and soul, as you pour your resources into the world and begin to make changes within your own thinking so you can provide health, awareness, education, and love to those in need. As Rose wrote, Globally, there are nearly 800 million people without access to drinking water and three times as many without adequate sanitation. Every minute of every hour of every day, a child dies from water-related illness. All this is a sobering thought, and I am acutely aware that what we have been attempting at Fayatang is only a drop in the ocean, but I hope that where we lead others will follow. It has been an incredible experience, frustrating and bewildering, certainly, and at times physically draining, but extraordinarily rewarding. We were getting back far more than we were giving. Feroz, Mumu, and the people of Burma would have you know that all our lives are the better for seeing the beauty of an ancient culture, the smiles of the children, and the beauty of the lake and landscape. Wherever there is love, there is a way forward to improve conditions and to advance life, so we may move past suffering to joy and happiness. It begins with one person, perhaps. I am Cheryl Glick, host of Healing from Within, and author of The Living Spirit, Answers to Healing and Infinite Love, and I invite you to visit my website to listen to and read about leaders throughout the world, share insights for moving past limitations to create solutions that heal, renew, restore, refine the human spirit, and just simply make life better. Shows may also be heard on webtalkradio.net and dreamvision7radio.com. Thank you.